right here that, you know, he knows his time is short, so he's going to intensify his attacks on us, right? That, that's in the word. He's, he's let, God is letting us know that that's what's going to happen. Okay, but like I said, this is not doom and gloom. So my second truth tonight, first one is devil hates us. He's going to be attacking. Second one is 2 Corinthians 1, 15, 57. Now, a lot of my scriptures I have written out because I figured my hands might be shaking to like flip through and I couldn't, wouldn't even be able to like get to the Bible. So anyways, um, but 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has given us victory. It is a gift from him. He has given us victory in every area of our lives, in our minds, in our bodies, in our finances, whatever it is. His promise right here, this truth is that he has given us victory. Everybody say, I have victory. victory. Now, see, here's the thing. Like, my name is Kelly, right? And you would have an impossible time convincing me that my name was anything else because that's who I am, right? Um, I was, when, I, when I was born, my parents named me Kelly. It's on my birth certificate. From the time I can remember, you know, being called a name, my name is, is Kelly, right? On all my legal documents, my name is Kelly. That's who I am, right? And so somebody might come up to me and say, hey, Susie, how you doing? Well, does that, my name is not Susie, you know what I mean? Am I going to be like, oh, she called me Susie, so maybe I am Susie. No, I know that I'm Kelly, right? I might get a letter, piece of, you know, piece of mail, and it might have the wrong name on it, you know, like sometimes they put Shelly Peters or, she, you know, or something like that, right? But because, well, actually, that's Dan's mom that calls me Shelly sometimes, his old high school girlfriend. Yeah. So anyways, but do I start questioning, like, wait a minute, am I, am I Shelly or Sue? Or, no, I know that I know that I know that my name is Kelly, and you will never be able to convince me that my name is anything but Kelly. And that's how this truth right ha- here has to be. We have to solidify that in our mind, that no matter what the first truth the devil throws at us, no matter what he attacks us with, we have victory in every area of our life. It belongs to us. Amen? Okay, now to the day. Even Dan doesn't even know about this day. This is, this is between me. Okay, anyways. So, the devil, man, he, he roams about like a roaring lion, right? He is not a roaring lion. He acts as if he is one, right, to try to install fear. He tries to come to kill, steal, and destroy. And one day in January, you know, he came, and he was kind of knocking on our door trying to come and steal and destroy things in our home. And this was um, the day that the basement flooded, you know. So anyways, Weston had gone. It's a, it's a Sunday afternoon in January. Um, it was kind of after my Sunday nap time, you know. So Weston, <laughs> got to have those Sunday na- you know, naps. Weston came upstairs, and, you know, he said, uh, the basement, like, is flooded, the whole thing. And I was, the whole thing is flooded. Every square inch of the basement was filled with water. Now, our basement is a finished basement, okay? So we have drywall, we have carpet, we have furniture, we have stuff here, and then over here we have more stuff, and then on top of that stuff we have more stuff. Lots of stuff in the basement, okay? And it's all wet. 
So, hey, all right. So, you know, we walked down, and, and honestly, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be terrible. You know, because God has, like, you know, as far as, like, taking care of it financially and everything like that, I mean, God has supernaturally shown himself strong on our behalf. He's done things that only he could do. Like, he's done miracles in our finances. So I wasn't worried about that. You know, I was like, okay, God, you got this. Um, No big deal. You've always come through for us. You're going to show us what we need to do, what the source of the problem is, how to get it fixed, who to call. You know, you you got this. So I really wasn't rattled by it. Now, I didn't like it, of course, you know, that everything was wet. But then I started focusing on the positive because I'd really wanted to Okay, wait a minute. I had really needed to clean out the basement. I did not want to clean out the basement. All right. But I really did need to do it. And now this was an opportunity to get rid of a lot of stuff from the basement that we didn't need and get it cleaned up. So, okay. That was the first one. Well, then later that, or, you know, this is evening, Dan called Magna Dry and they came and he had to leave because Sam and Joe had a basketball game and there's these cute little third grade boys and they play really competitive basketball against fourth and fifth graders and they come from other cities to play and Dan's the coach and Sam and Joe are two of the six players on the team. So if they don't show up, then you know, we have to forfeit both games and we lose. So not a problem. He left to go to the basketball game. And, um, so probably a little bit later he called and he said, um, Hey, you need, you need to pray for Sam because he's having, um, like a hard time breathing. He says he can't catch his breath. He's holding his throat and he was crying, which that's not like him on the basketball court and he said pastor chris is here thank god for like godly children's pastors who like i knew i mean i knew he was in good hands because dan said he she's going to take him outside because um and maybe a change in temperature will help him breathe and you know does does luke have like an inhaler in your car because dan was in my car and i said i don't know if, if if it's there it's in the center console i wasn't really concerned about it and i didn't like that you know what i mean but we've experienced some difficulties with breathing and and inhalers and all this kind of stuff with Luke and so I wasn't fearful or anything like that I just I was like okay God I thank you that you know you comfort Sam right now that you would open his airways and just help him to be able to breathe and everything like that well then Dan calls back like a little short time later and he said okay he said we're gonna call the ambulance um because he's still having a hard time breathing you know what i mean and he's kind of just laying he's kind of out of it you know what i mean but he's just kind of laying in pastor chris's arms outside so they're gonna call the ambulance and still i wasn't like (gasps) you know because i'm still like okay we have victory you know what i mean like god you are with him you know you'll comfort him and I was still not like, I didn't, of course, like I say, I didn't like it just like I didn't like the basement, but I knew everything was going to be okay. Well, then he calls back a third time and he said, um, now everything's okay. Okay. When you started off like that, (laughs) okay, that got my attention. And he said, but, um, I just call pastor Pam and have her pray specifically for his heart. Now, I'm not going to get emotional. And so he said, now, the ambulance is here. I got to go. I'll, I'll see you at the hospital. So I said, I'd like to tell you that I was like, well, you know, <laughs> thank you, Lord, that you are with him. But he said the word heart. Well, past, call Pastor Pan. That was, woo, you know. But he said the word heart. And all of a sudden, like, I began bawling and, and sobbing. And 
uncontrollable. It was not pretty, and it was not good, and it was not godly. Okay, I'll just tell you that. It was uncontrollable. I was just like, oh my gosh, you know. And because when he said the word heart, all of a sudden, like the devil just, like we're supposed to take every thought captive, right? And I didn't at that moment. So these thoughts came, and I remembered the day that um, Dan's brother passed away in his 50s of heart challenges. And I remembered the day that his father passed away of heart challenges. And I remembered the day that my mom, she had an aortic aneurysm, and she had to have open heart surgery in her 50s, another heart challenge. And all of a sudden, like, all those thoughts, that's all that I could think about were, were the feelings that I had that those days, or that happened that day. And that was my focus, and I was crying, and I knew it was the devil because... And I, because I had entered into fear, and fear involves torment, and I was being tormented, and I could not, and fear is also like gripping, and it was gripping me, so I couldn't even like think what to do, you know what I mean? That's the devil, and that is not a place to be. God lives in the realm of faith, right? The devil lives in the realm of feelings and fear, okay? And you don't want to enter that place, because it's not good. But thankfully, Weston was there, okay? And he was like, you know, he, I told him what was going on. He said, okay, get, get your, um, you know, get your stuff. Let's go. And I was like, okay. Sorry. So I said, okay. So we get in the, oh, I told the Magna Dry, dry people, I was just like, I don't know, just leave the door unlocked. Just make sure you put the garage door down because now it's January. And the next thing, it's a, an ice storm outside now, Okay. So it's just great. You know, we're trying to get to the hospital as quickly as possible, you know, driving as fast as you can possibly drive with icy conditions. And I have a big Suburban. My car's heavy. I feel like I can just drive over the ice, no problem. Weston's car's like a big old sled on the ice. He's a good driver. So, you know, so he was driving and, you know, probably 30 miles an hour was the fastest that we could go. It seemed like we were going like two miles an hour. But as we, um, as we were in the car, he was driving, and I had time to, like, get my mind renewed, right? And I began to pray in the Spirit, and I began to thank God. God, I thank you that no weapon formed against sin. You know what I mean? I just began to thank God for his promises. God, I thank you that we have victory in this area right now. I thank you that you are with Sam. You, you know, you're, you're his comforter. You're his source. I can't do anything for him, but I know that you can. You know what I mean? So I just thank you. And I began to, I began to um, pray in the Spirit, and I began to speak out loud the truth of what the word of God said. And then all of a sudden, like that fear, that horrible, icky, yucky fear from the devil, right? Like it, it just lifted off of me. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I had peace. You know what I mean? I wasn't even at the hospital yet, but I had peace and I just knew everything was going to be okay. And, um, Hebrews 10 35 says, and this is in got both my Bibles, but the living Bible says, do not let this happy trust in the Lord die away. No matter what happens, remember your reward. And the amplified Bible says, do not fling away your fearless confidence. And I felt like that's what I had done. I had just taken a paper, you know how you like wad it up and toss it in the trash can. I felt like that's literally what I had done with my faith. I just like all of a sudden like, okay, this is what I'm seeing, you know, or this is what I'm hearing. And and I just threw it away. But the reward of staying focused on God and staying, um, you know, in the realm of faith is that great peace 
comes over you, right? Even though it's like, I wasn't there. Like, I knew in the car, once I got my thinking right and my believing right, I knew that Sam was going to be okay. Um, and then, in the, I just want to read this from this version, too. Philippians, oh, and Sam, okay, uh, Eventually, his, his heart rate did come down, took some steroids and breathing treatments and I shot and all this kind of stuff. It came down after he vomited all over my hands and everything like that. Hey, you know? <laughs> it came down and then they scheduled um, him to see like a pediatric cardiologist and he had all the testing done and every single test, he, he was fine, right? He was healed. We had victory in that area. So anyways... Um, in, the, in uh, Philippians 4, 8, and this is in the Living Bible, it says, don't worry about anything, okay? Now, yeah, but you don't understand. That's my baby. Do you see what's going, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes we justify, like, our worry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's... God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Do not worry about anything. Okay? Pray about everything and thank him for his answers. Thank him that his word is truth in your situation, no matter what you see, no matter what you hear. His word is is truth. And as you begin to speak his truth, all of a sudden he, do, he does guard your heart and your mind. And all of a sudden peace just comes. And no matter what the devil does, it's like, hmm, it's not going to bother you because you have the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And then the next thing in verse eight, it says, and now brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts. Okay. Our thoughts, man, they are good and they are bad. And if they are bad, you better get rid of them really quick. <laughs> right? It says, fix your thoughts on what is true. Well, fix your thoughts on the word of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely. And what I was thinking about certainly was not pure and lovely and, and, or anything at that moment. Right. But thank God that I, you know, I do have enough word in me to know that, like, I got to get my mind renewed really quick and take these thoughts captive and cast them back down to the pit of hell where they came from, right? Because those were not thoughts from God. And so fix your um, thoughts on what, are, what is pure and lovely and dwell on fine, good things and others. Think, or think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. Amen? Amen. Our thoughts and our focus and our mind has to be stayed on Jesus right? We have to be thoroughly convinced that God's word is truth, and he, he hastens to perform his word. And, and if it's in the word, then it is possible, right? All things are possible to him who believes. And um, I'm, we're going to turn to, uh, gosh, I can't remember which version I wanted to read this out of. <laughs> we're going to read in uh, Mark, okay, because God responds to faith, Right? Faith pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the scriptures that we're going to read, we're going to go to um, Mark. 
surely I can find Mark in the Bible, huh? (laughs) Okay, Mark chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. And this is talking about um, the paralytic. And it says, and when they... And, and that's another thing. God is so good because, like, as I was preparing for this, like, certain scriptures I've read, but, like, they just came alive. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely the scripture that I'm supposed to share. And it's just like I saw it in a whole new way. And this is like a scripture I've heard all the time. But it said, and when they, um, and this is the paralytic again, it says, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, Okay, not when he saw the paralytic, not when he saw the need or not when he saw like, you know, what he saw their faith. That that like just got my attention. God saw their faith and he said to the paralytic, you know, your sins are forgiven and he was healed. Amen. God responded to their faith. He didn't it didn't it doesn't say he saw them. He saw their faith and he responded to it. And then if we go, if we stay in Mark and we go to Mark chapter 5, um, Mark five twenty eight, And this is talking about the woman with the issue of blood, which we all, we know this story, you know, and it says, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes. She said, if I can just reach out in faith, you know, it ha- nothing else had worked, right? Doctors had said, oh, this is impossible. In fact, the situation had gotten worse for 12 years, right? Like it had just gone on and on. She was told it's impossible. It looked hopeless, but still she had something inside of her said, if I can just touch out or if I can just reach out and touch, I don't even have to touch Jesus. I just have to touch the hem of his garment. If I can just reach out and touch his garment, then, then I'll be okay. You know, she had that kind of faith. And we read in 34, it says, you know, she reached out and touched him And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. God responded to her faith. Nowhere does it say he he responded to what doctors had said or what people had said or worry and fear and all this. You know, it said he responds to their faith. Um, And then let's keep reading. And it says, and this is verse 35 in Mark. It says, while he was still speaking, some came... Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Okay. He, they heard a really bad word, a really bad report, right? Any, has anybody ever gotten a really bad report? <laughs> you know what I mean? And as soon as, okay, just like when I got the report of heart, as soon as I heard that word, I should have immediately started speaking the truth, right? Because... You know, we, we always hear it say, it, things happen, right? And things, there, it might be a fact that, okay, his heart was 170 and really high and not coming, coming down, but, but truth always trumps fact, right? And the word of God says that he is healed in Jesus' name. By the stripes of Jesus, he is healed with long life. He will satisfy him. You know, it says, um, bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. That's what the truth of the word is. So immediately when I heard that negative word, I should have, like, had faith, right? And so Jesus said, Jesus, as soon as Jesus heard that word, okay, 
the word that was spoken, he said to her, or said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Okay? And then he said, then like the next part, he said he didn't permit anybody to come, come with him except for his disciples, right? What was he doing? He was casting out the unbelievers, right? Getting rid of any, because there's power, like, like, yes, when, when we step in faith, then that just, God can do anything, right? All things are possible to him who believes. So we, we know the end of that story. She was healed. Or actually, she rose from the dead, right? Amen. Okay, one more. Let's flip over to Mark 11, verse 24. And it says... Uh, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe, everybody say believe, believe, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay. Now the part of this that I really want to focus on right now, it was, you had to believe first, right? And then you will have them. A lot of times we pray and you know, God, I, I thank you that I'm healed. Well, you might still have that symptom, right? Does that mean you're not healed? No. You believe that you're healed regardless of what you're feeling, what you're seeing. You believe first, and then God responds and brings it into manifestation, right? Because this says, when you pray, believe first that you receive, and then you will have. Amen? Amen. Okay, and now, this has gone so fast, I think. Awesome. Okay. Um, I'm just going to like wrap it up. And this should end on perfect timing. God is so good. I thought it was either going to be extremely short or it was going to be like so long because I would lose my, you know, lose track and ramble on and like, ah! so, so I'm kind of excited about this. All right. Now we're going to flip over to Matthew. And I don't know if I want to go in there. I'm going to read it in the Living Bible. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And this is when, okay, we'll just start with 22. But it said, immediately after this, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he stayed to get the people started home. Then afterwards, and I think this scripture, as we read it, like this scripture came alive to me because it's talking about a storm on the water, and we experienced a storm on the water when we were in Florida, and it was not good. I mean, we were like in the middle of middle of the ocean, you know, we had stopped at a sandbar. It's not like... Indiana and you like okay the radar it's like coming in there was a storm way off in the distance we're like on the sandbar and all of a sudden all these big boats you know we're in like a 10 or 12 passenger old boat you know what I mean all these big boats go flying back we're like oh you know what are they racing well then it's like you turn (laughs) I don't know (laughs) so so then you like turn around you're like whoa there was a there's a storm over here but now there's a storm right here. You know what I mean? And so we're like, okay, well, all of a sudden, like, 
because it had been sunny, okay, and it wasn't like there was a 90% chance of rain. There was like a less than 50% chance. I don't know if it was like 20, 30, 40, whatever. But all of a sudden, I mean, out of nowhere, it is like pelting, pouring down rain. You know what I mean? And, okay, so the winds pick up. It's like, so it's like stinging you, you know what I mean? We're all like ducked down. Dan's trying to drive and see, but you can't see. You're like in the middle of it. Where are we? You know what I mean? Like it's just blowing. It's crazy. The waves are going like this. I mean, lightning is lightning. Oh my goodness. Like we're on the water and it's like touching the water. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, there's lightning. He goes, it's behind us. And I was like, well, it's, it's, I'm looking ahead. It's in front of us and it's beside, there's lightning. Like it was bad. Okay, really bad. So I think that this, that's why this scripture has come alive to me because I understand the disciples' like concern there with these big waves. Okay, and then um, so uh, he said. Then afterwards, he went up in the hills to pray. Oh, wait a minute. So immediately after this, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he stayed to get the people started home. Then afterwards, he went up into the hills to pray. Night fell. It might as well have been night when we were on there because it was so dark and you couldn't see. And I mean, your GPS doesn't really work when it's like thundering and lightning. And so it's like, okay, that's how I drive all the time. I never know where I'm going. Directions don't mean anything to me. So now Dan knows how I feel when you're out in the ocean. But night fell out on the lake and the disciples were in trouble. That's what it said. And it says, for the wind had risen and they were fighting heavy seas. Let me see. I think I want to switch. I think these versions say it the same way. But Okay. Um, and then it said about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them. Okay. Jesus came to them walking on the water. Okay. So in the midst of all this trouble, okay, sometimes we think we're alone. We are never alone. It says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In the midst of all this trouble, Jesus was walking toward them. And not only was he walking toward them, it says, um, it says walking on the water, he w- the water. And that was, that was troubling them, right? They were being thrown around and tossed. So he not only came walking on the water, he was walking on their very troubles. Right. And that's just like the devil. Jesus was walking on the head of the devil. <laughs> you know, he was above the water and he was walking towards them in in their trouble. That just like you know, you, I've read this before, but that, like, yes, Jesus is going toward them in the midst of their trouble, above the waters, above the storm. And then it, um, it says, um, they screamed, for they thought he was a ghost. This is the living Bible version. So it says, um, but Jesus immediately said, be of good cheer, right? That's how we're always supposed to be. Be of good cheer. He's with us. He's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. He's got our back, right? Be of good cheer. And he says, for it is I, assuring them. And this is what's so awesome because um, in the Greek version, it says, um, I am. So he's, I am is here. I am whatever you need me to be. I'm here. You know, I'm like, whatever you need, I am. He, he was on the scene. And it says, he said, don't be afraid. And then 
here we go, Peter. Peter says, well, if it's you, you know, if it's really you, then tell me to come over to you walking on the water. Jesus said, come. You know, so Peter, of course, he has his eyes on Jesus, and all of a sudden he begins walking on the water, right? And what's amazing about this, because Jesus was walking on the water, but Peter, he's just a man, right? So it's, when he began to look at Jesus, he became like Jesus. And all of a sudden, he's walking above his troubles. He's walking on the water, right? He became like Jesus as he focused on Jesus. And, and then it says, uh, he said, come. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked toward Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves and he heard the sound of the wind, it said he was terrified and he began to sink. So we all know that he took his focus off of Jesus, right? And he began reasoning like, wait a minute, I'm walking on the water. It's really windy. It's really stormy. But then the question is, okay, what did the wind and the waters, what did that have to do with him walking on the water, right? Because if it was calm, if there was no storm, he, he would have been able to walk on the water. No, it was Jesus' command, come. You know, it, it was... Um, it was Jesus. He gave him the supernatural natural ability to walk on the water. His circumstances, his situation had nothing to do with him walking on the water, right? Just like our situations, our circumstances, the things we see, the things we hear has nothing to do with God's promises to us, right? God's word is truth. A pro his promise is, I mean, a promise. He doesn't break promises, right? And so... Um, so then when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink, right? Reasoning, wait, I shouldn't be walking on the water. How's this going to happen? Wait, have you seen that? Wait, you know, and then he began to sink. And then Jesus said, um, oh, you have little faith. Where is your faith? Right? I mean, now these disciples, they had been with Jesus. They had seen him do miracles. They saw him walking on the water. And then all of a sudden, like, where's your faith? You know, God is good. Amen. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you tonight that, you know, when you focus on Jesus, you become like him and he gives you the supernatural ability to rise above your circumstances, to, to walk above the storm, to walk above your troubles. You know, his word is truth. And it says there is nothing too difficult for him, right? No matter what the situation looks like, maybe it's heart, maybe it's family, maybe it's finances, maybe it's anger, you know, issues, maybe whatever it is, you know, there is nothing too difficult for him. There is no situation that he cannot turn around, right? He is above the storm, and we are right there with him as we keep our eyes on him. Amen? Now, see, since I'm a rookie, I was like, I really have no idea how to end a service Dan, so I'm going to have you come up and end for me. <laughs> Let's give the Lord a hand tonight. Amen. That, no, you're going to stay right here. Do not go away. That's a powerful word. I really enjoyed it. Amen. Amen. Uh, that was a blessing for me because she's so quiet. She never talks much, to be honest with you. I do most of the talking, if you can imagine. And so uh, that was a blessing to me just to, uh, to hear Kelly share from her heart. So, 
Amen. All across the room tonight, let's all bow our heads for just a moment. If you're here tonight and uh, maybe you'd say, uh, Dan, my life is not right. Maybe you're here and, and tonight and maybe you recognize you've allowed some things into your life that are keeping you back from being all that God's called you to be. Check. Is this one better? Amen. I thought that mic was going dead. Some monitor? Okay. But if you're here tonight and you recognize things are not right, well, tonight's your night. And um, let's just allow the Lord to lift the burden of sin off of your life and uh, get right back on the right track with the good things that he has for you. So all across the room, if you're here tonight and you say, that's me, my life is not right, but I want to be, be right tonight and be close to the Lord. Allow him to lift the burden of sin off of my life. If that's you here tonight, could you slip your hand up in the air? Let's pray together tonight. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Amen. Yes, sir. Back there. Back there in the back. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Right there. Let's all stand up tonight. Amen. <clears throat> Several people lifted their hands uh, tonight. And uh, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Jesus.